Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, your friend, Hal Elrod. And today we're going to, or I'm going to give you a behind the scenes look at the book that I've been writing for over a year now. It does not have an official title, although uh, today I'm gonna share with you the working title and actually ask for your feedback on the title. So I'd love to co-create this book with you. And uh, again, I'll share more with that today, but I really, I've been working on the book for a long time. I've been kind of testing or dripping out uh, different concepts from the book in previous podcast episodes. We did an episode recently called uh, How Do You Experience Heaven on Earth? which was all about uh, a concept from the book. We did one on what's more important than goals. And um, beyond that, just over the last few months, I've been sharing pieces uh, that are from the book. And uh, and again, it's really been just concepts that I have content on that is a little bit of content. And then I actually just bullet point it and I do a full podcast episode. Then I take the transcript from the episode to uh, create more of the content in the book. So that makes sense. Anyway, so I really want to give you behind the scenes kind of look at what's the book about. Uh, I break down chapter by chapter kind of what what it's becoming right now and then ask you for any thoughts or feedback that you have, which you can leave for me at underneath this episode at halelrod.com forward slash 378. That's halelrod.com forward slash 378. And that is today's episode. And I would love it if after the episode, uh, leave me a comment, a question, a takeaway, et cetera. Um, Also today I'm announcing the, uh, I'm going to be doing an Ask Me Anything episode coming up soon. And you can leave your question for me, any question that you have at halelrod.com forward slash AMA. And before we dive into today's episode, Uh, Today's episode, I want to acknowledge it is sponsored by Organifi, who makes the highest quality nutritional supplements you can find uh, from whole food vitamins, not synthetic vitamins, and I take them nearly every single day I have for years. Highly recommend you check out their protein powder, their probiotic. Um, They've got uh, stuff for focus, you name it. If you want more energy, mental clarity, and just overall want to nurture the body that takes such good care of you, go to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal, and use the code Hal at checkout. You'll get 15% off your entire order. And as always, I hope you find something there that you love. And last but not least, I want to uh, acknowledge our sponsor, Self-Publishing School. Self-Publishing School has helped hundreds of members of the Miracle Morning community write and publish their first or their next book. And if you've ever wanted to write a book, whether it's to share your story, to just positively impact people's lives, to create a source of passive income or help attract new customers for your business, whatever the reason that you might want to write a book is, check out the free training I recently did with Chandler Bolt on how to go from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. And to get that training for free, head over to self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal. That is self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal. 
and you can make your dream of writing a book a reality uh, today or in the next 90 days. So uh, without further ado, here is a behind the scenes look at my next book. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. Hope you enjoy. Thank you so much. Good morning, friends, or afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Hal Elrod. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here today. Thank you for listening. I'm going to talk today. I want to give you kind of a peek behind the curtain, behind the scenes, look at what I've been working on for the last, gosh, it's probably over a year. It might even be going on two years now, which is my next book. And the uh, the reason I thought I would share today, I've, I've actually been thinking about you a lot. You being, I've been thinking about how could I co-create this book with our community? That's a question that has, I've, I've been thinking about that question for a long time. And now as the it's getting further along, I go, okay, now is kind of the time to begin implementing that idea of how might I co-create this book with uh, our community, with you. And what I mean by that, what that looks like, right, is getting your feedback while I'm writing the book so that you can actually, I can share what I'm working on in the book, share the content with you, and then get your feedback on, ooh, yeah, that really resonates, or ooh, how, what about, you know, I also, that brings up a question for me. What about this idea? And what about, how, how, how might you apply what you just shared in this situation that I'm in? So the point is for me to have really more of an empathetic connection to you and to, to you who will possibly read the book someday, and, and then just to the general person that who will ever find this book, really understanding more, how can I help you with what you need, as opposed to with what I think that you need, right? That's as an author, or any content creator, you create what you think, either what you think your reader, your audience is going to benefit from, right? You assume, you guess, or more often than not, you just go from your own experience and go, well, hey, this really helped me. So it'll help, uh, probably help other people too. And that's great. But I think that there's another level to really uh, creating content, which is where my uh, my good friend, Ryan Levesque kind of made popular with his book, Ask, A-S-K, which is just like, don't guess what people need, ask them what they need, ask them what they're struggling with, help them with what they tell you they need, not what you guess or assume or think that they need. So with all of that said, I thought today would be uh, just of any day. Why not? Why not today? A day to share with you what the book is supposed to be, what it's shaping up to be, some of the working titles. And uh, and I want to share this with you, not just so I can talk about the book. Well, again, it's not even a book. It probably will be released in like, I don't know, six months or something, whenever, maybe, maybe more whenever it's done. My, my, actually, I'll tell you behind the scenes, my, my target date, my hope is that I will have all of this done and ready by 12-12-2021. December 12th, it's kind of a special date. It was the date that uh, Miracle Morning came out in 2012 on December 12th, and then the movie came out in 2020 on December 12th. However, knowing uh, how slow I write, I'm a pretty slow writer, then uh, that might be overly ambitious. So no one hold me to 12-12-2021. That uh, is in my mind, that's my deadline that I'm trying to to work towards. So anyway, the point is I want to share today in a really valuable way. I want to give you the content from the book, you know, or, or obviously it's not nearly done, but I want to give you some of the high level content and, and, and dive in a bit. Uh, in a way that's really useful for you right now, in a way that really helps you right now, that really, you know, my, my aim with the book is to help people to really access and experience 
tr- what I call true freedom. True freedom. And true freedom is, and, and I've said this in previous podcasts. Uh, in fact, I've talked in multiple podcasts before on you know different ideas that are going to be in the book or some of the podcasts I've done after the podcast. I go, ooh, I'm going to go back and read the transcript. That's really good content for, uh, for the new book. So the working title for this book and I say working because I just it's some I don't know if this is it. And that's part of what I want feedback on, right? Like when I uh, when I get your feedback, I would love to uh, to hear your feedback on the title. In fact, we can start there. If you want to leave your feedback on this episode about the title, that's the first thing you could share. Do you like the title? Do you hate the title? Uh, let me know. And the the working title is the Miracle Life. The Miracle Life, right? My first book, The Miracle Morning, uh, and then followed up on that with The Miracle Equation. And then Chip Franks, my friend Chip Franks actually gave me the idea. He said, Hal, I know what the title of your next book is. I said, what? He said, well, you've got The Miracle Morning, which helps you become the person that you need to be to create what you want for your life. You have The Miracle Equation, which is how you create it. It's the, the actionable process that you use to create what you want for your life. And he said, it just seems like the third book in the, in the trifecta would be the miracle life. This is how you, know, how you live, how you actually get to live and experience the life that you really want to live. And so that is really the essence of the miracle life, true freedom. It's to how do you choose? How do you consciously choose how you experience every moment of your life? Want to be happy? How do you choose to be happy? Do you want a lot of physical energy? How do you choose to have an abundance of physical energy? Do you want to have phenomenal relationships? How do you choose? How do you create those relationships? So as opposed to being a, you know, at the mercy of life, oh, my relationship is not going the way I want it to. I'm struggling with my health. I can't figure out how to be happy, which is how often we live, right? Myself included, that we're at the mercy of life, at the effect of other people, at the effect of life. I'm upset because blank happened. I'm hurt because this person did or didn't do that thing. We're often at the effect of our life as opposed to being the creator the creator of our life. And when I say the creator of our life, I don't just mean the creator of our circumstances. In fact, that's secondary in my mind. It's the creator of our experience, meaning whatever's happening outside of you, whatever's happening to you, whatever you're at the effect of, whatever other people are doing or saying or not doing, that you have the ability, the limitless ability to choose how you experience every moment of your life. If you want to be happy, you be happy. If you want to be sad, you be sad. Whatever you want to feel, think, experience, do, create, you choose consciously. And so for me, that's been my, my you, know, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know, that's been my work the last year is really getting to that place. And, and I feel like I've, I'm there at a level I've never been before. And so I want to read you something that I wrote the other day. And by the way, the way that I write, at least the way I've been writing this book, and I guess I've written other books, but the way I've been writing it is like one paragraph on one topic at a time or, 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 or a page at a time. Essentially what it means is when I'm falling asleep at night, I always, my mind starts racing and I start thinking of things to write and I 
oh, I pull my phone off the dresser and I start typing and I'll type sometimes furiously with my thumbs or using voice text for 30 minutes. I'll just type on my phone for 30 minutes and then I'll wake up in the morning and go and I'll be like, what did I write last night? It was, I remember I was like in the zone. I was in the flow. It was inspired. And then I'll, I'll pull my notes off my phone. I'll go, oh yeah, that's right. That was great. And then I, and then I transfer it over to uh, my computer, you know, to a word document or whatever. So the other night, this is what came up for me. I had a title come to mind, or I should say a subtitle for The Miracle Life. There are, I'll share with you a few of the preliminary ideas I've had for subtitles for The Miracle Life over the last year. I'm looking at another document I have. Uh, Everything you need to know to live the life you've always wanted. Everything you need to know to live the life you've always wanted. That was one of my uh, potential subtitles. Another one was... 12 things you need to know to experience everything you want to experience. Now, I don't love these titles, by the way. These are just these are just me getting like the essence. When I come up with a subtitle, it's often like, okay, what's the essence of what I'm what the message is here for the for the reader? What 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 is the what's the essence of what this book is about? And so these these kind of encapsulate that everything you need to know to live the life you've always wanted. Well, what came up for me the other day, and I really I, I don't know if this is it. I'm sharing this with you. I'm going to read you the title and I'm going to read you the the four paragraphs I wrote after I wrote the title kind of in my mind why this made sense for me. And then it was funny. I talked to uh, my director of operations, Tiffany, today and I read her this title and she goes, Hal, have you thought about, you know, that it sounds kind of religious? It could be interpreted as religious. And she said, you you already get that sometimes because of the word miracle in your title. People think that it's a religious book, you know, and are you, would you be concerned maybe with it being perceived that way. Uh, and my answer was, that's a great point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like that's that, the essence of my message is, is I want it to be as universal. And it's always been that way that I don't want one political part, one religion over another to go, oh, this is for me. Like this message is for humanity. This message is for every human being on the planet, at least that, that from my vantage point, that's my intention, is to create a message, to create content that every human being on the planet will be better off if they read it and if they apply it, right? So, so I don't ever want it to be slanted toward, you know, so it's in, or interpreted in a way that, oh, this is a religious book only for religious people. And then if someone doesn't consider themselves consider themselves religious, they go, well, that's not for me. Or a spiritual book. And then if someone doesn't consider themselves spiritual, they go, oh, well, that's not for me. Or a book for liberals or conservatives or, you know, any certain group of people, right? I, I, I shy away from that because I don't want to ever create any kind of, you know, we have enough division in our, in our world right now, right? I want to create inclusivity. That, that for me is a really important value of mine is creating inclusivity. And we're going to do a podcast. I started writing notes the other day on a podcast that I um, tentatively called The Politics of Humanity, where we, I just, I just talk about how like we've forgotten you know, we're so, and I don't, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but I, I, this is on my heart to mention. We as a society or societies around the world have gotten so wrapped up in identity politics that I think we've forgotten that we're all just human beings. Like strip away all the labels and the organizations and the groups and the ideologies strip all of those away. Whereas most people, they're not stripping them away. They are 
clawing into that ideology, that identity and going, this is who I am. And if you don't, if you're different than me, then I don't believe you. I don't respect you. You should be canceled, like whatever. We've created such division, like stop, strip that away. Strip away the ideologies, the political parties, the beliefs. Hey, it's me, your fellow human being. Hey, that person that you were scowling at online or across the street or because they had a you know sign in their yard, like whatever. Hey, remember them? They're a human being just like you. They were born a little baby just like you. They grew up and they went through difficult times and they were bullied and they were teased and they, they just wanted to fit in and they just wanted to be loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That other political part, that person that opposes your belief, they were just like you. And then they, someone introduced them to some sort of ideology, whether it was a religion or it was a political party or it was pride in our nationality or whatever. And I'm not saying any of those are bad things. I'm just saying, when your ideology trumps your humanity, that I, I think that I think that we gotta pause and we gotta stop and we gotta we gotta take another look at how we're interpreting the world, how we're interpreting our fellow human beings. When ideology trumps humanity in a society, it becomes I, I think it becomes a problem. And I think it is a problem right now. And you and I can only focus on our, our little inner inner world, right? We can only focus on how we show up. So I'm just putting that out there. And again, I plan on doing an episode where I go, you know, we go a little deeper in it, but that's the general idea is just to remember to strip away the ideologies and the belief systems and the political parties and all the things and remember that we're all members of the human family. We're all members of the human family. In fact, this will probably be part of the book. So I actually, I guess I'm, I am, I am sharing with you an, in a, a look into um, the new book, The Miracle Life. So anyway, here's what I wrote the other day as far as the title. And this is the one that my uh, Tiffany, my right-hand gal, my director of operations, this is the one that when I read her this morning, she's like, Hal, are you concerned that people will think it's a religious book? And I said, yeah, I, that's no, that's a really good point. So this may not be the subtitle because of that exact fact, um, but this is the essence of you know, or just another way of looking at the essence of the message. So I wrote this down the other night, like a download. I got this message. It was the miracle life. It's time for you to experience heaven on earth. And then I rewrote it to it's time for all of us to experience heaven on earth. Now, obviously that word heaven can be a, you know, very much attributed to uh, religion or just a certain dogma that can that people can attach right words are words are only have the meaning that we give them and so people have certain meanings certain attachments to certain words and certain uh, associations with certain words so you may have listened a few uh, months ago uh, I did a an episode on heaven on earth in fact let me find that for you here we go it was episode 374 and the title of the episode was how can we experience heaven on earth. If you want to listen to that, you go to halelrod.com forward slash 374. How do we experience heaven on earth? So it's essentially, I, you know, I talked about that. And if you want to, again, you want to go deep into that, you can listen to that episode. But that to me is inner freedom. Like that's one way that I have articulated. That's one, that's a phrase, heaven on earth, a phrase that I've used to articulate what I believe is true freedom that we were born with, right? We were born with freedom. 
the freedom to like, if you think about it, if you remove, you know, governments and you actually just put a human being with a family in a village made up of a tribe, like, you know, a few hundred years ago, right? We were born without all of these societal constructs that we now adhere to, right? That, oh, I'm a, to be successful, I have to make money. To be valuable, I have to, you know, do, th- I mean, there, there's just, there's all these, there, there's, and again, that's another episode too about societal conditioning that I still am working on. I've been working on that for years, um, but it'll be in the book. But the point is, you know, born with everything that we needed uh, in terms of a healthy body and a planet to sustain us. Like, if you really strip away everything, that, that, that's, that's how we got started. It was just human beings with human bodies living in tribes, supporting each other, taking care of each other, um, just enjoying the essence of the earth, right? Getting a little hippie on you. Um, but hey, I am getting, I'm getting more hippie lately. Um, I love it. I enjoy it. I'm, I'm getting more in touch with what really matters. You know, I'm getting, uh, instead of, I used to be a technology, like, you know, oh, the newest technology. And now it's like, hey, I want less technology in my life. I want more nature and less technology. Maybe we'll do an episode on that at some point, but here we go. Sorry. So I've been putting this out, uh, drawing this out. This is what I wrote to myself. So I wrote the title, The Miracle Life, It's Time for You to Experience Heaven on Earth. This is the title, exclamation point. This is the promise of the book, to teach people how to experience life as it is meant to be lived, true freedom, heaven on earth, even in the midst of great adversity and tragedy. It's the ultimate promise. Why not teach people how to experience heaven on earth? And why not me? Think about it. I am the perfect person to share this message with the credibility that comes from my life experience as no one would likely argue that what I've been through in my life wasn't extremely difficult and yet I maintained the principles that I am teaching here in order to transcend emotional devastation and actually be genuinely happy even during the most difficult times in my life. And I need, again, this is a note to myself, by the way, just so you're aware. I'm not trying to, this is a note to myself. Um, Here we go. And I need to define what I mean by heaven early in the book as it will be a crucial paradigm shift for the reader to go from what most people's current idea of what heaven is, a place you go after you die and are in paradise, to a new paradigm that's rooted in inner freedom, i.e. the kingdom of heaven is within but something to consider and continuously incorporate as I'm writing and titling the book is the various mindsets that people will be in as they're reading it to make sure my message speaks to everyone. Because some people, many people, are going to be experiencing difficult times, often living in a perpetual state of fear, stress, depression, and worry. Some people will be struggling financially, some in their marriage, some as a parent, And collectively, many of us just struggling as a human being trying to navigate these times. Many people are likely suffering in some way. And I want my message to be universal for nearly everyone, to help everyone. So before I write, I need to spend a few minutes using emotional optimization meditation to remember and re-experience how I felt in 2020 when I was depressed and had extreme anxiety and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I was severely sleep deprived, only sleeping two to four hours a night and felt so miserable that I wanted to die. I'll end it there. So I I read you that because again, this episode's behind the scenes, a sneak behind the curtain. And, And that's the general idea of this book is 
and, and not just the book. I don't, that's the point of me sharing this now. And I'm going to do an ask me anything coming up. That was another idea that I had this morning when I thought about, you know, asking you what you want to learn, what you need help with, what questions you have that I might be able to answer or shed some light on. And so what I'm going to do is actually, I, I don't have this set up, but I'll have to let me make a note to do this. Um, I need to set up, I'll do an ask me anything page. So if you go to halelrod.com forward slash A-M-A, as in ask me anything. So halelrod.com forward slash ask me anything. You can submit a question. I have to set this up now, have my team set this up before <laughs> before this episode goes out. Set up halelrod.com forward slash AMA for questions for podcast. So if you go there, uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to do one of these and see how it goes. Now I might've, I think I've done this a long time ago, but I, I thought it would be really fun for you to ask me anything. And in the context, you can ask me anything you want. If you want to ask me something random about like, you know, you know, what, what's your miracle morning? Like, that's, that's fine. What I was thinking though, is, and I'm happy to answer any of that, any questions that you have, but I was thinking like questions, what are you struggling with that you really need help with? Is there anything that you're struggling with? Is there any specific way, nuances on how you might be struggling to implement what I'm talking about right now or what I've been talking about in recent podcasts in terms of, you know, like, you know, being happy it, 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 despite challenging circumstances? So maybe that's a question. How, how, how can I be happy or I struggle to be happy because blank is happening? Like, how do you navigate that? So any questions that you have, and obviously I'm not all knowing, so I'm going to do, you know, I'll answer uh, the questions as best that I can, but submit your question, halelrod.com forward slash AMA, and uh, I will answer it on an upcoming episode. And I'll probably, I'll put a, a note uh, or I'll put a box in there you can check if you want your name to be announced, you know, where I say, hey, this question is from John Smith from Oceanside, California, right? You'll be able to check if you want your name mentioned or if you want it to be anonymous. And I'm I'm not attached either way. I'm fine either way. But I thought this would be a good start of how we could start moving toward co-creating uh, this book together, where you ask me your questions and I figure out what you need help with. And then I help you or I figure out how, how I can help you, how I can answer those questions in a way that's meaningful and, and, and useful for you. Uh, and then um, I can incorporate that context and that, that into my new book. So, and help more people, right? Because if you have a question, if you're struggling with something, odds are that you're not alone. Odds are that there are probably millions, if not millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, over a billion people that might be struggling with what you're struggling with. So you asking a question is not just a selfish thing for you to get an answer to your question. I want you to keep that in mind. You asking a question, it could help countless other people that might have the same question, but either they didn't think of it they didn't have the courage to ask it, or they didn't even know they had that question. Like it didn't come up in their mind. They didn't articulate it. But when you ask it, they go, and I've had this, you might've had this happen before. When somebody asks a question, you go, Ooh, that God, I'm so glad you asked that. Like I, I did not put that together in my head, but damn, that's a good question. And I need the answer to that. Please, please let me, let's hear. So you asking a question is actually a really beautiful, uh, selfless, collectively beneficial act 
that you can do. So again, if you want to ask any question uh, of me, and I, I'm probably going to put on the form just one question per person because I already have no idea if this is going to turn into you know dozens of questions or hundreds of questions or thousands of questions. I am not sure. We will find out. But um, but yeah, go to halelrod.com forward slash A-M-A as in ask me anything, halelrod.com forward slash A-M-A and, uh, and submit your question and then I'll answer it on an upcoming episode. And then depending on how it goes, my thought, I wrote this down in my journal this morning. I journal a lot every day. Uh, mostly I journal ideas to improve myself, to be a better husband and father. I journal ideas that uh, end up in my book, ideas that end up being in my podcast. And here's what's crazy. I don't know where the ideas come from. More and more and more over the last couple of years, I've been getting what I call downloads. And, you know, it almost feels like channeling. And, and now that gets pretty woo-woo, I guess. It sounds kind of weird. But what I mean is I'll just get like, I'll just be sitting there in the morning. I'll start to meditate and I'll just get a flood of information that I can't type fast enough to get it out. And that's actually where I struggle because I do have short-term memory loss. So I'll be typing and like be halfway through what, I, what I'm typing and then I'll think of something else and I'll type and then I'll forget my original thought. And anyway, but, but I just, I don't take really much credit for anything that I share. I'll take credit for sharing it, but I don't know where it comes from. Like, where do thoughts come from, right? Think about that. And, and I know there's some, you know, analysis of like, well, you know, your things you've read in the past, information you've been exposed to, your life experiences, and while that's been true for most of my life, that sure, you have an idea and it stems from, you know, a, a, a collective matrix of all of your previous ideas and conversations and things you've learned and life experience, all of it. But I don't know if you've, if you've ever experienced that where not, not the, the former, but where you just get a flood of downloads and it's like very specific information and you feel like it's being told through you to share with other people. So I don't know if this is unique to me. It might be, as I'm saying it out loud, it might be unique or somewhat unique. I don't know. And it also might be, I think it's, now, by the way, when I say unique to me, let me, let me expand on that. What I mean is this, I don't believe it's unique to me in terms of the ability. I believe the ability is within all of us, but I don't know if, I, I guess I would invite everybody to spend time in silence every day and open yourself up to the infinite wisdom that I think is available to us at all times. So I think that's, you know, I think that is it is it's not that like I was, you know, I was born with this ability or I, or we were all born with the ability, but the point is it's something that you have to develop, I believe. So I think that's what it is. It's really developing it through, through your miracle morning, through silence. So you can hear, quiet your mind and hear the wisdom and then writing down what you learn and then sharing it with others. And it seems to like activate the flow. It's like, right. It's like, you know, it's like opening a, the, a dam and letting the water flow out or turning the faucet on. Right. And then once you turn it on through silence and scribing through prayer and meditation, not to mention reading and journaling, because when you're, when you're learning from other people, it also stimulates thinking within yourself. When I'm reading something, often my mind will go, wait a minute, and then I will combine my life experience with that. So, all right, let me dive back into the book stuff. I just realized I've been, hopefully that's been valuable for you to just different ways of thinking, but I want to talk about, I want to run you through the chapters of the book right now. And these are all very much uh, work in progress. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Work in progress. 
sorry, while I'm talking to you, I'm looking for the manuscript for The Miracle Life. So let me know if you like that title. If you, let, if you like that title, go to halelrod.com forward slash 378. That is today's episode, halelrod.com forward slash 378. And let me know your thoughts on the title, The Miracle Life. This is the beginning of co-creating this book. I want to co-create this book. Um, the Miracle Life and the subtitle, It's Time for All of Us to Experience Heaven on Earth. Do you think that is too, would turn off people that were not religious? I don't know. Let me know what you think. I am very much interested. All right, so here we go. The manuscript. So here are 12 rough drafts of chapters. So there's the introduction. Then there's From Mediocrity to Mastery. And this is something, so I'm going to dive in on each of these and share some of the content. From mediocrity to mastery, this is something that for me, I was getting ready to go to a a dad's retreat, the front row dad's retreat a couple weeks ago. And that morning during my meditation, what came up for me is I am settling for a level of mediocrity with regards to being a husband and being a dad. In fact, it was realizing that I'm settling in many areas of my life. In fact, here's my journal entry. You ready? I should, I, I'm not, I'm not reading these ahead of time to see if I should read these to you, if they're, you know, cause it's my personal entry that I don't plan on sharing, but here we go. So hopefully there's nothing offensive in here. This morning, I realized that I am settling for mediocrity in most areas of my life. Happiness guys, this was literally a week ago. So I just want you to be aware. Yeah. I'll also expand on what I mean by mediocrity. If you read the miracle morning, you might've gotten that mediocrity is not an insult. It's not something to beat ourselves up about. Mediocrity simply means that we are accepting less than we know that we truly want, deserve, and are capable of. So mediocrity, I'm going to write that down. Mediocrity simply means we are accepting less than we truly want, deserve, and are capable of. So That's my definition of mediocrity, and that's the context in which I am speaking of it here in my journal entry. So here we go. This morning, I realized that I am settling for mediocrity in most areas of my life, happiness, marriage, physical fitness, business, intellectual growth, etc. Whereas I used to, for most of my adult life, strive to achieve a level of excellence in most areas of my life. I achieved excellence at Cutco as one of the top sales reps of all time. I achieved excellence when it came to physical fitness from putting a ton of muscle on when I was in my 20s and running an ultra marathon in my 30s. Uh, I was excellent at sharing my book with other people. Uh, I focused on excellence when it be- when it came to finding the woman of my dreams. I guess most recently, I have focused on being excellent as a father for Sophie and Halston, although I'd say I'm still settling for mediocrity even as a father compared to where I could be for my kids and also as a husband for Ursula. None of this is okay and I must begin changing that immediately. So immediately begin this process of moving from mediocrity to mastery and I will spend time assessing every area of my life and writing my current situation slash problem slash level of fulfillment and then defining what mastery looks like in each area and making a plan to achieve mastery in each area. So that's the context of where this chapter came from, from mediocrity to mastery. And if you remember, if you read The Miracle Morning, I did a chapter in there on, uh, it was called the 95% reality check. And it was based on a social security administration assessment or survey or whatever, or statistic, I should say. Uh, It was a statistic from the Social Security Administration that said, after retirement, 
only 5% of people are financially independent and the other 95% are dependent on other people to take care of them. So um, they're dependent on, you know, the government or relatives or some someone else to take care of them. And only 5% are, are free. And again, it was financial freedom, but in essence, it's, you know, with that freedom was the freedom to do what you want, not have to depend on anybody else. And so I, I talked about, obviously, you know, I would say that anyone, most people, I don't, I don't want to thank for others or speak for others, but I would say my guess would be most people would prefer to be in that 5% where they had freedom to do live life as they wanted, to live where they wanted and do what they wanted and spend time with whomever they wanted to. So the idea was, okay, well, what is it? You know, nobody, n- no young person, right? Young person being like, you know, when you, like, you know, you, you, you got into the world, you're 18, you become an adult or, or at any age, I guess, nobody wants, goes, yeah, I want to be dependent on other people during the, the last half of my life. I'd say everybody would say, no, I want to be free. And so then I went, okay, well, if that's true, then I think it's crucial that we examine what do the 95%, what what are they doing? Or I should say, what are the 5% of people that end up having that freedom at the end of their life or throughout the last half of their life, what are they doing differently than the other 95%, right? It seems like a, a fair an important question to consider. If you want to live a life of freedom, however you define freedom, uh, it would be important to study what people who are living a life of freedom as you define it, people that are already living the way that you wanna be living, the lifestyle you want, it would seem to be crucial that we study those people and we look at, okay, what are they doing that the other 95% are not? And what are the 95% doing that the 5% are not, that might be putting them in a position where they are not able to live, you know, have to have total freedom over their decisions. And some of the things we talked about, I talked about was um, isolating incidents was one where we think that the moment at hand and the decision we're making, we fail to realize the impact it has over who we're becoming and the future decisions that we'll make. So meaning if you, you know, we often in isolation go, I'm just going to eat unhealthy this one time. But what happens is every time you do that, you give yourself permission and you, you, you connect, create a neural pathway in your brain that says it's okay to eat unhealthy. In fact, I made the decision and it tasted really good. And then often it, it might take until the next morning till you feel the, the negative effects of that decision. But by that time, cognitive dissonance, you've already forgotten that it was because of what you ate because it's the next day. So what we do is we think, oh, well, it's just this one meal. But what happens is your brain went, ooh, I ate unhealthy food and it tasted really good. And then I, my belly was so full, I got exhausted and I fell asleep. And that's where your memory of it ends because you create dis- cognitive dissonance between the night when you went to bed and how you feel the next day. You might feel crappy, but often we don't connect it. Oh, maybe it was what I ate for dinner. So the the point in that is that when you isolate incidents, you just eating that unhealthy food once gives yourself permission to do it again and then to do it again and then to do it again. And then all of a sudden you look back and that gradual, that one meal led to a completely different way of eating that may it, over time compound in health problems, in, in you know lack of energy, so on and so forth. 
So anyway, I don't mean to go too deep into this one, this one idea, but the idea of isolating incidents and there were other, I'm trying to think of lack of accountability was another thing we talked about, which is if you don't have some form of accountability to follow through with the things that you have deemed important, but, you know, eating right, exercising, you know, working hard, reading, doing your miracle morning, uh, doing income producing activities. If you're an entrepreneur, right. If you don't have someone or something that holds you accountable to that, it's really easy to let yourself off the hook. So these are just uh, examples of some of the things that I identified that seem to hold people back or, or prevent people from being able to create a life of freedom, total freedom. And that's really, I was really focused on external freedom, right? So there's internal freedom or inner freedom, which is how you feel, what you focus on, how you think, what your overall mental, emotional, and physical and spiritual experience of life is. There's that kind of inner freedom. And then there's outer freedom, which is the conditions that you create for your life. And both are important, right? They're, they're kind of two sides of what I call the freedom coin or what I, I might call the freedom coin, I don't know, um, right? Two sides of the freedom coin that, and both are important. And, and if you say, you know, you can be really heavy on one side or the other, like there are a lot of people that focus on external freedom and they, you know, people that work really hard and make a lot of money and they're really successful. But if they neglected inner freedom while they pursued outer freedom, then often they don't have what really matters, which, is, which really is inner freedom. At the end of the day, it's how you feel. You could have all the money in the world. And if you're miserable, if you live in a constant state of fear and stress, uh, afraid you're going to lose your money, stress uh, and anxiety over what other people think of you, if that's how you're, if that's how you're spending your, your time while you're, you know, you're outwardly successful, are you really successful? Is that really successful? Or would the opposite be true where the person that, you know, the, the, the Buddhist monk or the person that, uh, the minimalist that doesn't have a lot, but is completely at peace with what they have. They have everything that they need to be the happiest they could ever be. And it's not fancy cars or houses or titles or success as society deems it worthy, but they're just happy. They're genuinely, they wake up every day, they go out in their backyard, they listen to the birds sing. They go meditate for a while. They do the minimal amount of work that they need to do to impact other people in the world and to create enough income to sustain their minimalistic lifestyle. They spend time with their loved ones. On the outside, nobody's going, wow, that person has achieved extraordinary levels of success, but that person I would say has achieved extraordinary levels of success. It depends on how you define success. Success for me, in fact, where's my affirmations? Hold on, they're right here. I'll give you another little more behind the scenes at my affirmations for this year. And they keep growing and growing and growing. They're way too long. But here's what I, so, so I wrote, so this is, I wrote my affirmations. I titled them my miracle life mastery plan. My definition of success, loving myself and others, making family my number one priority, living my purpose, spending most, if not all of my time doing things I love and experiencing heaven on earth in every moment. So that 
is my current definition of success that can evolve and tends to evolve uh, regularly as I have new thoughts or ideas or insights or whatever. So oh, where was I? Let me get back to these notes. If you guys saw my computer, you would understand how my brain works. You would see like 17 programs open. It's, it's not just me though. I've, I've, I've seen other entrepreneurs and their computers and they look similar, right? Where you've got like, you know, 32 internet windows open, uh, you know, tabs on your browser. You've got, you know, 20 or whatever, five different, this document, that document, journals. I got a gazillion things going on. But anyway, so from mediocrity to mastery is the evolution of this concept, this chapter in the Miracle Morning, the mastery of, or I'm sorry, the 95% reality check. And this came again from my own journal entry that I just read to you, which is realizing that I want to achieve mastery in every area of my life. And mastery to me isn't black and white. It really just means that I always am striving for the next level of fulfillment, of excellence in every area of my life, that I'm never settling that, yeah, I'm a good enough dad. I'm a good enough husband. Now, granted, when you achieve a certain level of mastery in an area, you can ride that for a long time possibly forever, depending on the level of mastery, right? And what I mean by that is when you get to a point where if you, in a, in a marriage, for example, as, as a spouse or in, in, in any relationship, but let's, let's just, I'll use a marriage as an example. If you get to the point where you have figured out how to not trigger your spouse, which is what I'm working on, when you have figured out how to um, make your spouse, well, it's not your responsibility to make your spouse feel fulfilled and loved. That's their responsibility. But uh, does, but you could for sure, you can help, right? When you found out how, here, here's the essence of it. When you found out how to be damn near the perfect spouse for your spouse, I say you could ride that for the rest of your life for the most part. Now, because people grow and evolve and change, I would imagine, you know, that you're going to also need to grow and evolve and change as a spouse. But my point is that you don't, it's not, this idea of mastery doesn't mean that you're constantly like, oh my God, I'm never enough. I'm never doing good enough. I have to constantly be, uh, uh, I got to juggle all these balls. I got to be a better dad. I got to be a better husband, a, a better wife. I got to be, I got to be, I got to do better in my business. I got to be more healthier. I got to be, right? It can feel overwhelming. But part of what I want to do in this book is to simplify this, right? So it's not overwhelming. So you go, okay, Here's what mastery looks like, as in the next level of success and fulfillment in each key area of my life. I'm going to define, I'm going to articulate and define what mastery looks like. And by the way, don't wait till the book comes out, right? Like you can do this right now. I'm, I'm telling you how to do it. I'm, so you, you identify the areas of your life that, that matter to you, your health, your fitness, you can combine those, but they're really different, right? One's what you eat and, and one's, you know, how much you exercise. They're, I think they deserve their own categories. You're, if you're a parent, as a parent, um, for me, I have social mastery. Mm, let me see if I can find this. I'll read you guys social mastery because this was interesting. Uh, this just came up for me in the last couple of days. Here we go. Um, social mastery. So I realized that for me, for social mastery, I really need to focus on being more empathetic, um, which is actually, this is what inspired the idea to do an Ask Me Anything podcast was because I wanted to uh, be more empathetic. And I thought, well, the only way to really be empathetic is to understand someone's you know, paradigm. What, what, what are you dealing with? What's going on with you? And so that's where 
that came from. And so in terms of from mediocrity to mastery, it's identifying the key areas of your life. So your health, your fitness, your relationships, you know, each one in terms of, you know, if you're uh, your roles, I should say to me, your roles are really the root of your relationships. So if you're a parent, that's a role. How do you achieve mastery as a parent? What does that look like? If you're a spouse, again, same thing. If you are whatever your profession is, that would be an area of mastery for you. Finances can be an area separate from profession. Profession is how you earn the money, but how do you save, invest, grow the money, right? How do you grow your, your financial situation? How do, you, how do you sustain it? How do you achieve financial freedom, right? That's separate. It's related, but separate from just your profession. Your profession really is more, how do you serve at the highest level? You know, how do you serve the people that you serve in your profession, whatever that looks like? So mastery, defining what that looks like in each area, what's the next level for you? And then creating, asking yourself, okay, what, what, what can I actually do? What's one thing that I can do? What's the most important thing that I can do in each area to move or to achieve what I've defined as the next level for me of mastery? What can I actually do? Right? Is it date nights? Is it daily conversation? Like, so for me and my spouse, I realized that we weren't having enough talking time. Like we're kind of, you know, two ships in the night kind of thing, right? I'm working, she's doing her thing. We're even, even when we're together, it's often with the kids. So we weren't getting that adult talking time. And so now it's something that I'm making sure on the day, a daily basis that we go for a walk. It's a walk and talk. That's what I call it. It's a walk and talk. So that was one simple way for me to achieve the next level of mastery in my marriage. And the, and the mastery, by the way, was to be more connected more closer to my spouse. That was the, that's the next level of mastery, to be closer, to really be spending quality time where we're talking and I'm getting to understand her worldview and, and what's on her mind and what she's struggling with in a really you know calm, thoughtful environment, thoughtful, thoughtful setting. And so those are a walk and talk. So that's one way, right? That for me, that next level of mastery. Um, and there are other things that I'm, that I'm gonna do as well. But that for you is so important because I believe as human beings, we all have this innate drive and desire to fulfill our potential. However, most of us wake up every day, and I said this in the Miracle Morning, we wake up every day and life pretty much stays the same because we pretty much stay the same. And I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm the happiest, it's when I am pursuing growth an improvement, which, you know, sometimes just means pursuing a goal. I'm trying to achieve a, a measurable goal, but it often just means I'm, I'm doing something every day. We talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, what's more important than goals. And the, the short answer was behaviors. So it's not always achieving a goal. It's, you know, going for a bike ride every day or a walk or a run or doing walk and talks with your spouse or every morning. Now, another thing I've been doing to be a master as a dad, it's interesting to be a master in relationships. The biggest thing, the answer is quality time. That tends to be the answer across the board. If you want to improve your relationships with your spouse, quality time. With your kids, quality time. With your friends, quality time. With yourself, quality time. With your audience, quality time. Time where you're creating space for other people to share what's on their mind and what's on their heart. 
and you're really listening, you're really caring, you're looking into their soul, you're, you're putting yourself in their shoes, you're imagining what it is like to be them and doing so, you're so present when you talk to them, when you hear them, as your eyes squint, as you really consider and feel what they're, not just what they're saying, but what they're feeling. And in doing so, you create this energetic, emotional, spiritual connection with that other person. So for me, that's mastery. That's the next level in my roles as a dad, as a husband. And so I'd invite you to take, consider that, consider taking that on. But the point is mediocrity, I know I keep saying that. The point is mediocrity to mastery is that we all accept less than we know we truly want, deserve, and are capable of in many areas of our lives. And what might life look like if you were to stop settling? And remember, I read you my journal entry. I've realized that I've been settling. I've lost a lot of the drive, like healthy drive for improvement, self-improvement, life improvement, that I've lost a lot of that that I had when I was younger or that I had before I had cancer. I don't exactly know, you know, it's like the boiling frog. It's very gradual, these shifts in our lives to where we wake up one day and go, wait, what the, how the hell did I get here? How, who, when did I stop doing that? When did I start doing that, right? Wow, how did I get here? So that is chapter, that's the rough rough title slash draft for chapter one. And I'm gonna, re, I'm not gonna go as in depth on the rest of these because we spent a lot of time so far on uh, some of these concepts, but, uh, chapter two is the five facets of freedom. And that's where we talk about inner freedom, where we talk about outer freedom, where we talk about society's idea of freedom, where we talk about relational freedom. Relational freedom, by the way, is freedom from anyone's ability to disrupt your inner freedom. So imagine that. Imagine what your relationships would be like. Think about the relationships where there's the most turmoil. That's usually at home, right? That's usually, you know, with your spouse or your kids. Sometimes it can be your colleagues, your coworkers, your employees. But think about the relationships where you have the most turmoil, where people really, they can push your buttons. And again, usually that's the spouse, right? They can push your buttons. They can get you upset, get you angry, get frustrated with a certain person or people. Or maybe it's, maybe it's a group of people going back to, we talked about earlier about, you know, people with certain ideologies that are different than yours. Those people just really, they boil your blood, right? Now imagine if you had the freedom, part of your inner freedom was freedom from anyone's ability to disrupt your well-being. Imagine if nothing anyone said or did had the power to negatively affect you, that you were in control of how you experienced every aspect of your life, which also included every person in your life. Nothing anyone said could hurt you. Imagine that. So anyway, that's relational freedom. Societal freedom, we're gonna talk about that on a future podcast and in the book, but it's unplugging from the matrix. Society conditioning us on what we're supposed to think, what success is, what's right and wrong, good and bad. You know, it's funny, I was talking to my daughter about this last night, she's 11. And uh, I was, I forgot what brought it up. I forgot what the context was that brought it up. But I said, 
I don't know if she brought something up or I did, but essentially where I know where it ended, where it led to is I said, I go think about it. I go, we, we do all sorts of things because society tells us it's what we're supposed to do, but who decided it's what we're supposed to do? I go, here's an example. I said, oh, that's right. That's right. Cause she said, um, she said, dad, I'm, I'm starting to get hair on my legs and I don't ever want to shave them. That's what, that's right. That's what she said. I go, so don't shave them. She goes, but aren't you supposed to shave them? Aren't, aren't girls supposed to shave them? That's what she said. And that's what triggered me. Not triggered me, but that's what triggered this line of thinking. I went, sweetie, that's a great question. I go, let's, let's just imagine that, you know, men and women are, uh, a boy, girl are born and we grow up and we both get hair on our legs and we both get hair in our armpits, right? Hair on different parts of our body. And imagine, imagine your creator, right? Imagine, imagine God said, yes, I gave hair on your legs to all the women and men. And I gave hair in the armpits of all the women and men. But, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. There's only a reason that I gave them to the men. The women, I actually want you to shave them off. <laughs> shave them, right? Like it actually, and I started to do research this morning because I actually started to incorporate this into the book. But I started doing research on like, when did that start? It was like 1912 when um, women started shaving their armpits because they started wearing sleeveless dresses. And I don't, I haven't gotten so deep into, I forgot why, who said, hey, shave your armpits. Um, but you just think about how like nature intended what nature intended. And then we as human beings, you know, change it. We go, no, 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 nature didn't have it right. I need to fix it. We're supposed to shave this and shave that and change this and change that. And but societal freedom is freedom from, it, it, it's tied into relational freedom, but it's freedom from A, caring what anybody thinks, like just you doing you, you living life the way that you want to live. And if somebody else has an opinion, goes, no, 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 it's not, you're not supposed to do that. You go, hey, I totally respect your opinion. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, I actually feel good doing this thing. It's not hurting anybody and it makes me feel good. And I just, I want to live this way. And uh, I have that freedom, right? That's societal freedom, right? Freedom where you are not, you are not being controlled or heavily influenced by societal norms just because you can consider them and you could actually go, yeah, I like that one. I like that. I like that rule. That makes sense to me. I can see how that benefits society as a whole. I'll follow that one but not just blindly following everything that everybody else does or that the government tells you to do or that everybody else, right? Just because you're not thinking for yourself. Like critical thinking is, is something that um, needs to come back. In fact, I would encourage you, I don't know if you watch Russell Brand, um, but quick plug for Russell. I don't know Russell. We're not like buddies or anything yet, yet, but I do like him. So hopefully uh, at some point we'll, we'll make that happen. But um, anyway, watch Russell Brand's YouTube channel. He has been, he, and what made me think of this is critical thinking. Russell's one of the best critical thinkers that I have seen. And he, over the last year, he's, he really focuses on current events, which means his videos have been focused on a lot of political stuff and just, you know, COVID and issues in the world. And, but he typically doesn't take a side. In fact, maybe he never takes a side. Uh, he just asks thoughtful questions to engage our critical thinking. Um, and some of the questions for sure, like, you know, the answer seems obvious, but, and if anybody says, well, he's leading with the question, well, let's go, yeah, well, 
the answer is, if it's obvious, it's obvious. Like <laughs> if everybody comes to the same conclusion, then I'm glad he asked that question because he's asking questions that often we're not asking um, or that are being you know, censored. Like you can't ask these questions. So I encourage you, if you haven't yet, listen to Russell Brand's YouTube, uh, go watch his videos on his YouTube channel. They're fantastic. And in terms of which one, uh, they're, they're all, it's more, it's not any specific topic so much that I'm telling you to check out. It's the way that he approaches these topics. It's the way, it's how he engages critical thinking and questions things instead of just blindly following the, you know, the masses or, or taking everything that he's, that's told in the media at face value. Like Russell's really, um, He's really good at, at critical thinking and he's a very intelligent person. And the good thing is he's a comedian. So you're entertained the whole time you're watching the videos. So anyway, highly recommend checking out Russell's podcast. So the five facets of freedom, we're going to talk about how to, how to access true freedom. And by the way, when I'm done with this, it might be seven facets of freedom. I do not know. This is all evolving. It's very early in the process, uh, well, not very early, but it's it's relatively early in the process, which is why I wanted to bring you in to this now rather than later. I've also got something in that chapter, which I'm not gonna teach you, I'll just tease it, called the Freedom Generator. And it's simply a process. I'm trying to create really simple processes like I did in the Miracle Morning, like the savers and you know, just really simple tools and practices and processes that you can do to easily enter into that state of total freedom, uh, that state of heaven on earth, if you will. Uh, so chapter three is actually called heaven on earth. So we've talked enough about that. Uh, chapter four, and this is way outside my wheelhouse, but it's called the four paradigms of God, the four paradigms of God. And it's, it's looking at God in uh, different contexts as he's been taught or experienced or shared or... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, one of those, by different people throughout history. So God, the creator, God as the creator is one paradigm. God is our experience is another paradigm. God is everything is another paradigm. We are God is another paradigm, right? What, which many would consider blasphemy. So I want to explore the, diff explore the different paradigms of God and how that just relates to everyday life. You know, um, one thing I saw Russell, uh, I watched a video of his this morning and he talked about how many people in our society are just stuck on what we can see with our, or what we can experience with our five senses. Like it's, it's only real if you can smell it and taste it and touch it and see it. And otherwise it's not real, you know, and yet quantum physics has proven that is absolutely untrue that what we can't see, touch, taste, smell, and hear what we cannot access with our five senses is infinitely more powerful and mysterious than what we can access, right? And so to not discount that, but to actually dive deeper into experiencing and understanding other realms, other dimensions, right? The invisible. So, and I wonder, as I'm saying this, if some of my audience is like, Hal has gone too far off the deep end. Uh, chapter, the next chapter is on elevating consciousness. You know, this is something I talk a lot about that uh, elevating the consciousness of humanity one person at a time, that is my mission in this life. And so wanting to really bring that down to practical, actionable terms for everybody so that it's not just understandable, but it's, again, that it's actually actionable, giving you a step-by-step -step formula to 
quickly elevate your consciousness. So that is something that I am working on as well. Next chapter is on the obstacles to the miracle life. So what what is standing in between you and living, you know, truly experiencing heaven on earth, even in the most difficult times of your life? And I subtitled that, it's not your fault. Because it is things like some aspects of our human nature and societal conditioning, the beliefs that have been handed down to us that have shaped how we perceive life and and why we have trouble over or enjoying it. Because I'm not living the life that I was told I'm supposed to live in order to be happy. Uh, in order to do that, I need to make more money and be more successful and, and be more significant. And right, these are all the important things that I've been shown are what mean you've made it in life. And if we're not living up to those standards that society sets, then very often, we, we, we haven't given ourselves permission to actually be happy. So that's why I say it's not our fault because you were born into a society that conditioned you to believe you had to do and be certain things in order to be happy that somebody else made up. And that actually, as we'll explore further, not right now, but at some point, those very things may be exactly what are keeping you from being happy, having the happiness, experiencing the happiness that you truly deserve, thinking that you have to do, be, or have something that you're not, when in fact, happiness is your birthright. You were born with everything that you need to be the happiest you could ever be, and you have everything you need right now to be the happiest you could ever be, and it's just up to us to be present to that reality, and it takes a shift in our paradigm of what happiness is and what the rules are for us to be happy. Uh, Next chapter is called Your Perfect Life, and it's talking about how life is actually perfect in every moment because life is not our circumstances. Life is not our circumstances. You can have a difficult life situation, which which are your circumstances. Yeah, those can be, those can be, life can be hard. I I know from experience, I promise, I know, life can be hard. Life can be scary. Life can be difficult. But that's not life. That's your life situation. I should have said your life situation can be difficult, can be scary, can be hard. But your life is this moment. We covered this on a podcast uh, a few weeks or a month or so ago. Your life is the moment. And in that way, life is perfect. The moment's always perfect. Even in the midst of pain, the moment is perfect. Your life situation might be painful. But every moment is perfect. This is—it's a paradigm. It's and it's. If you're listening and some of this sounds foreign, that's why I'm putting it in a book because, and I'm still trying to articulate how can I break through the programming that you and me and all of us have been conditioned to believe. You know that that movie, The Matrix, was so such an accurate metaphor that we're all living this life, waking up, you know, watching TV, going to work watching more TV, checking our phone, eating food, right? Like, and we just go through the same motions of the day, every day, wake, eat, work, entertainment, sleep, do it again, right? And we just go through the motions every day. And so I'm really wanting to, from, and and I'm just, all I am is the product of countless teachers and experiences that I'm just wanting to pay forward and share. Uh, we're gonna do a chapter on goals because goals are important to outer freedom, right? Goals are 
important now to freedom. In fact, we'll probably focus it kind of on that podcast I did a couple of weeks ago called What's More Important Than Goals? I think that'll kind of be the, the paradigm. What's more important than goals? And if you didn't listen to that yet and you want to listen to it, I was just a few episodes ago. It was episode 375. So halelrod.com forward slash 375. If you want to hear what's more important than goals. And then what else? I'm going to give you guys miracle life meditations. I have been working on developing, uh, I think I'm up to five or six different meditations right now. And I want to share those with you in a way where it's going to be kind of how you implement everything that you're learning in the book. These are each unique meditations, each with their own purpose designed to condition this new way of thinking or being. So there's conscious, so one you've already heard, I've taught this a lot, emotional optimization meditation. I've never had that in a book though, it'll be in this book. Um, I also have an unwavering faith meditation that helps you strengthen your faith in what you want and what's possible in to replace your fear of what you don't want. I also have a conscious music meditation, which is one of my favorites. There's specific artists that I listen to and I listen to them in a meditative state. And then when the song is over, I meditate on the message in the song for another five, 10, 15 or 20 minutes. Um, there's also present moment meditation which is really just conditioning you to find that spot that to, to, to that spot that is this moment, to find the perfection, the essence in this moment. Because remember, life is the moment right now. You feel that? Whatever you're hearing right now, whether it's my voice or the silence between my words or that garbage truck that I'm hearing in my neighborhood, right? That's making these loud noises. Whatever you're hearing, that's your life. Whatever you see in this moment, that's your life. And most of us miss it. Most of us aren't living life. We're thinking about life. And we're thinking about the future or we're thinking about the past rather than being fully present to the perfection of this moment. When I'm in my yard each day and I go for a walk and I, I, you know, I pick up some part of nature and I just stare at it and I go, this moment is perfect. In fact, that's, I'll give you guys a little, here's a little tip. Something I've been doing lately is this is how I get into the present moment. I say, this moment is perfect because, and then I run through all of my senses. And so, so here, let me give you an example. So I go, my, my life is perfect because I'm staring at the back of my hand right now. In fact, you can do this with me. This moment is perfect. This moment is perfect because I'm staring at the back of my hand right now. And take a deep breath and feel that. This moment is perfect because I hear that garbage truck. It's perfect because I feel the seat or the chair that I'm sitting on underneath my buttocks. <laughs> This moment is perfect because I'm breathing. This moment is perfect because I'm talking to you. So this is just a little, this is kind of a glimpse into the, the present moment meditation where I slowly and gently assess each of my senses with the lead in preceded by the words, this moment is perfect because 
dot, dot, dot. Because I see blank. Because I hear blank. Because I am blank. Because I feel blank. And while you're eating dinner, you can say this is the most perfect because, and you can add taste and smell into that. And the point is you're conditioning yourself through this to really get into the present moment. And so now whatever I do, this, this is also, there's another chapter I'm going to write on changing the rules. It might be called changing the rules of happiness. But in order to be happy, society's conditioned us to think we need a lot of different things, right? But what do you really need? Don't you just need this moment? You do if you decide that's what you need. And that was where this actually, this meditation came from, is just realizing that, I think I was taking a shower. I in the shower in the back, I don't know where I was. But I just started going, this moment is perfect because I'm seeing the, the, the tile on the wall of my shower. And I really soaked in that visual experience. This moment is perfect because I'm hearing the water, I'm feeling it drip off my body, right? And I just got really visceral and present to all of my senses with the cognitive acknowledgement, the intellectual acknowledgement that the moment was perfect simply because it was exactly as it was. Imagine that. If you can change the rules of your game to find true joy in the perfection of every moment, simply because the moment exists as it is. If you can find true joy in that, you win. You win. Because then you don't need to watch the new Netflix show to be happy. You don't need somebody to acknowledge you to be happy. You don't need more money to be happy right? You don't need anything to be different, to be happy. And, and let me be completely clear. This does not mean that you do not make changes. It means that you are completely happy while you do, that you are completely whole while you do. If you and your spouse are fighting and he says something to you that upsets you, or she says something that upsets you or regularly does something, you can let that bother you over and over and over and over and over every time he or she does that thing. Or you can choose to be free from that and completely present to the perfection of every moment because that moment is exactly as that moment is. And if that's the new criteria, the new rules that you create for your inner well-being, then you're in control. There's nothing anyone can do or say. There's nothing that can happen to you that causes you to be unhappy unless you allow it. So we're going to have a bunch of meditations in the book that we've never had before. I'm going to do a chapter on transcending the ego. I'm going to do a chapter on the politics of humanity. And I already talked about that earlier. Um, and then, uh, and by the way, these aren't necessarily in order. Again, this is all very rough. But here's something that's kind of fun. We're going to end not with a 30-day challenge. I've ended every book I've ever written, except for the first, uh, my first book, Taking Life Head On. But ever since The Miracle Morning, I've ended every book that I've written, 12 or 13 books, with a 30-day challenge. And I believe very much that, hey, if you just read a book and then you just put it on the shelf and read another book, you're going to forget most of what you read in the first book more likely than not, not right? But 
if you have a 30-day challenge where you engage with the information in the book, you implement the information, you revisit it, you put it to practice, you put it into practice every day for 30 days, and it becomes a habit, and you condition it daily, day after day after day after day for 30 days, the likelihood of that changing you in the way that you would want it to change you, or, or I should say creating the changes for you or within you, giving you the benefits that you signed up for that you when you read the book that you were hoping for, they rarely come just from reading a book and then going on to another book. Repetition is the key to mastery, right? Repetition is the key to mastery. You have to repeat it over and over again. So that's why I end every book in a 30-day challenge for you to engage with the information. So this book will be similar, but it's going to be slightly different. And I'm still working out exactly how I'm going to, how this will play out. But instead of a 30-day challenge, this book, The Miracle Life is the working title it could change. In fact, someone listening to this right now, if you uh, send me a message at halelrod.com forward slash 378, which is this episode, and you tell me why you don't like the title and you have another idea for a title, that might be the title. Like, I don't know. You might, you know, I don't know. This one, for whatever reason, I keep resisting it. So that that tells me, you know, either, I don't know what, it, 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 it makes me consider that maybe it's not the title. Maybe there's something out there that's better, something different. And I've thought of titles like True Freedom, but it just feels too generic, you know? But that's what it, I feel like that's what it is. So it's going to end in a 30-day sabbatical. So instead of a 30-day challenge, it's a 30-day sabbatical. Now, what is a sabbatical? Well, like the definition of a sabbatical is simply a break or a change from a normal routine. A more modern definition, most people think of a sabbatical as like an extended period of leave from work, you know, right? For rest or or for travel or, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, it's a usually thought of as a break from work. But going off of the definition, the fundamental definition, which is a break or change from a normal routine, that's what I'm after. And I love the word sabbatical, because I'm, I'm about to go on at my first sabbatical ever. And I've been really learning about it and studying it. And that's what gave me this idea, of course. But I believe that everyone should take a break or change from a normal routine regularly, right? So we'll do a 30-day sabbatical for you to really take a break from your normal routine. It doesn't mean you're going to not work or not take care of your kids or whatever, but it's, it's really going to be a break from, it's, it, I think it's a break more from your, our paradigms, from the way that we see and experience the world, taking a break from that. It's unplugging from the matrix, so to speak, for 30 days to see what might life look like if I lived a life of total freedom. What might life look like if nothing anyone did or said could negatively affect me? Nobody can mess with my vibe. What might life be like? What might life be like if instead of me judging people that were different from me, what might life be like if for 30 days I just loved everyone unconditionally? Instead of striving to prove them wrong, I strive to really understand where they're coming from, beginning at home with my, my family. What would life be like if I was impeccable with my health? if I didn't put anything in my body that was unhealthy, 
Now we might not go that far. Some of you are like, whoa, 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 you, ha- <laughs> you had me until, <laughs> until I had to eat healthy food for 30 days. All right, all right, yeah, fair enough, fair enough, right? Just like the Miracle Morning, uh, you, you customize this to fit your lifestyle and your needs, so we may not go there. Um, but, but, but what if, what if, what would life be like if you only put food in your mouth that uh, made you feel energized and alive and it fed your cells with nutrition and you felt amazing? What, you know, it doesn't sound like a bad thing, right? What might life be like? Um, what might life be like if you had time in your schedule every day to just be where you didn't have to solve any problems, you didn't have to figure anything out, you didn't have to fix anything, you didn't have to work, but you just got to be. That might be your meditation time. For me, I have multiple points throughout the day. I have multiple sabbaticals throughout the day. I have a sabbatical in the morning. It's called the Miracle Morning. And I realized that that's... Now, now, while that is not a break or change from a normal routine, because it is my normal routine, it is a sabbatical from the rest of the world. It's sabbatical from worry. It's a sabbatical from stress. It's a sabbatical from anxiety. And then I do it again in the afternoon. I sit in my backyard with my shirt off, it, often in my boxers, because I want to get as much sunshine as I can, but I, I sit in a chair or I lay on a towel and I face the sun I uh, sometimes will bring my phone out there. Now you might be going, whoa, 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 what, your phone? That doesn't sound like a a sabbatical. No, to play some meditation music or some conscious music. Sometimes I'll even listen to an audiobook, but usually there isn't because listening to an audiobook, I gotta think. I gotta work. I gotta, my brain's gotta work. I gotta, I gotta think, ooh, that's a good point. Ooh, I should teach that. Ooh, so it actually creates a stress. I don't want that. So I just go out there and it's usually just music or it's usually silence. I should be clear. It's 90% of the time it's silence. Occasionally though, I bring my phone out there and listen to meditation music or whatever. But the point is it's a third, usually it's a 30 minute sabbatical where I'm getting sunshine. I'm bare feet. So I'm grounding. You can Google why that's a good thing to put your feet on the bare earth uh, every day. And uh, I'm getting sunshine. I'm getting fresh air and I'm getting a sabbatical from the matrix that is real, that is society, right? I'm just getting to relax and enjoy for 30 minutes. So anyway, this book is gonna end with a 30-day sabbatical where I walk you through, and I'm still figuring out what this is gonna look like, but I walk you through how to take a 30-day break or change from that normal routine where you get to experience what would life be like if I consciously chose Total freedom, total beginning with inner freedom, where nothing could negatively affect your inner well-being, where you got to choose how you felt, how you experienced every aspect of your life, including every person in your life, including yourself. So, Wow, this is a longer than normal episode. We're at an hour and 20 something minutes right now. Hopefully that was valuable for you. I know that I covered a lot of topics, a few of which were tangents and I didn't intend on covering, but hopefully you got a lot of value. I would imagine if you did, if there were things that came up for you, you might wanna go back and listen to this episode taking notes if you weren't taking notes. And I'm not trying to impose, I'm not trying to tell you to do anything, but I'm just thinking that I know I covered a lot. And so there may have been some things I shared or some some one-liners that might've stuck out for you that you might wanna incorporate in your affirmations or something. Um, go back and uh, 
uh, you know, listen again and, and you can take notes on this one. Um, but we're going to do, I'll probably start a series as the book gets a little further along. I'll start a series where I go really deep into each of the topics for each chapter. I'll go really deep and then I'll get your feedback. So that, that, that's a, a tentative plan. We'll see if that shakes out or when it shakes out. It might not be until the fall because my sabbatical which I've been trying to take for a couple of years now, and I failed last year, and I've so far failed up until this point. But um, I think I finally figured out how to do it, at least for a few months. I was going to do a whole year, but uh, I don't feel like I'm ready for a year. So for a few months, but it starts uh, in May 24th. So yeah, and I might still record podcast episodes because I like doing this. So it's only doing it's only stopping doing things that I don't want to do to spend time with my family. But I like recording podcasts, so you'll probably still hear from me, or you will hear from me most likely once a week. All right, I think that's it. Well. Goal achievers, members of the Miracle Morning, fellow human beings, members of the human family. Yeah, love yourself, love your life, love other people. We only get one shot at this. We only get one time around, you know, uh, one time on this planet. And I think life's too short to experience, allow yourself to experience anything other than what you want to experience. I think it's too short to create division between one human being and another, between ourselves and another. Remember, strip away everything and we're just the same. We're human beings doing this thing called life and I'm grateful to be doing it with you. I love you so much. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.